Welcome to the Modern Jewish Girl Podcast. I'm Jenna, lawyer by training, writer and teacher by choice. Originally from New York, I am a proud wife and mother living in the holy city of Jerusalem. Join me as we delve into the Holy Torah's teachings and apply them to our lives. I keep it short and sweet, but always deep. Welcome. Hi, welcome back. So with Pesach approaching, I know there's a lot of anxiety in the air, (laughs) a lot of moaning and groaning as we uh, go about our cleaning, but also a lot of excitement as we prepare for this holiday. And I know for myself, Pesach is something that every year really can stress me out with all the tasks that need to be done. But there is that excitement as well of, of once you reach the finish line, it's really such a beautiful holiday and so powerful. I was thinking about the idea that what are we really doing on Pesach? We are passing down the narrative of who we are as a people to the next generation. We are passing down the torch, so to speak, of who we are, how we came to be as a people. The fact that God literally took us out with his hand from the land of Egypt, the most powerful land at the time. And he created miracles for us to take us out to become his people, to literally become a light onto mankind, a light of morality. This is this is what we're giving down to our children on Pesach. And we want it to be a joyous atmosphere. And I've really been thinking about it this year as my daughter gets older. So I'm really trying. <laughs> my goal this year is to try to do the preparations with, you know, as much joy and lightness as possible. Um, in past years, I've kind of worn it very heavy. And, you know, I just got to get through it. I just got to do it. And, and, and there's really not a lot of joy there. And, you know, I'm thinking I have to do it anyway. It's going to get done, God willing. I might as well do it in a joyous way. So just putting that out there. (laughs) I hope that this podcast is something that you can enjoy and listen to while maybe you're doing your preparations, cleaning, cooking, whatever it is, um, or just to really get into the mindset of the holiday and what we can really take out of it for the year, because it is such a powerful time. And there's so many facets to speak about when we're talking about Pesach. So we got to just focus on one. (laughs) So this year, and I have older older Pesach episodes. I have an episode on Haggadahs, different Haggadahs for the Seder. I have a few different episodes on, on freedom and, and enslavement and that whole paradigm. There's so many different themes of Pesach. But today I really want to speak about this idea from the Nesiv Shalom, who I love to quote from, the Slanamar Rabbi, a Hasidic Rabbi from the last generation. And he calls Pesach the Rosh Hashanah of Amuna, the Rosh Hashanah of faith. So I want to delve deeper into this to understand what it means. So as I said, the Seder night is really the night where we're transmitting the story of who we are as a people for ourselves and for the next generation. And my teacher Yehuda Skoshevsky said, you know, there's so much happening on the Seder night. Like what is the main point of what we're doing. The main point is that we're expressing our gratitude for having been taken out as slaves in Egypt to become servants of Hashem. You know, I think that point is is overlooked. Like we are celebrating being taken out as slaves, but we were taken out as slaves and we were freed to then serve God. The Nesivo Shalom says that Pesach and especially the Seder nights is the time of year more than any other time where we can really renew and strengthen our Amunah more so than any other time of year. So I want to look at this aspect of renewal and and how we can strengthen our Amunah as well. 
So the word for month in Hebrew, chodesh, has the same root as the word for new, chadash. So every Rosh Chodesh, every head of the month, the first of the Hebrew month, there's a new moon that emerges, and it's really a time of renewal. And just like Rosh Chodesh, the festivals on the Jewish calendar have the same potential for renewal of different aspects of our spiritual service based on what the holiday is and the energy at that time of year. And as we've spoken about several times, the Jewish calendar is really like a spiral. It's a cycle, but ideally we keep going up in terms of our spiritual level and in terms of who we are as people. So ideally we're going up and up each year. So if you think about Pesach, when the Jewish people were in the desert, the first mitzvah that Hashem gave to us was to establish Rosh Chodesh, was to establish our own calendar based on the lunar cycle. And the calendar began in the month of Nisan, which is the month we're in now, the month where we celebrate Pesach, that we, the month that we left Egypt. So there's actually considered two New Year's in Judaism, Tishrei, where we celebrate Rosh Hashanah, and also Nisan. So being like the first of the first, Pesach is really the ultimate time of renewal and specifically with regard to Amuna. So now let's talk about strengthening our Amuna through Pesach. When we recite and retell the story of the Exodus, we're actually instilling Amuna within ourselves and our children. The Haggadah is, is telling us this. It says, even if we're all wise men, understanding men, elders, and knowledgeable of Torah, it would still be incumbent upon us to fulfill the commandment to relate the story of the Exodus. And the more one expounds on the story of the Exodus, the more praiseworthy he is. What's really interesting about the mitzvah of Sipor Yitzi Yitz Mitzrayim, the mitzvah to tell the story of the Exodus from Egypt, is that we can add on to it. Usually with a mitzvah, like saying a bracha, for example, you say the bracha and that's the mitzvah. You just said a bracha on something. You can't add to the bracha. You can't add your own words. <laughs> the mitzvahs are usually limited to what they are. But in this case, we actually have a mitzvah to add on and, and to keep expounding on the story. And there are people who will literally stay up the whole night telling and expanding on the story of the Exodus. And there's no limit to our ability to strengthen our faith. Even the most knowledgeable Torah scholar, the elders, the wise men, everyone can strengthen the quality of their amuna, no matter what level they're on. And that's why this mitzvah applies to everyone. So again, the Nesivo Shalom emphasizes that the more we relate the story and expand upon it, the more amuna will penetrate our hearts and remain strong throughout the year, which is really amazing. And he says, we're really speaking about three types of amuna here. Belief in Hashem's existence, belief in his divine providence, and belief in his selecting of the Jewish people as his chosen nation. And again, we see all of this happening in the story itself. Hashem clearly revealed himself through the 10 plagues that he is the creator of the world. He is the one who controls the creation. And it's so cool if you look at the 10 plagues. It starts with like the lowest physical level of creation and it moves its way up to the spiritual realm. So first... We have the sea turning to blood, then the frogs who live in the water and land, then lice, then the land animals, going all the way up to darkness and the killing of the firstborn, which is in the spiritual realm. So God was showing step by step his control over each level of creation. We not only saw that there was a God, but we saw that there was hashkacha pratit, that there's divine providence. There's a God who's intimately involved in our lives as Jews and 
he literally with his hand, I mean, we sing this song, how God took us out with his hand, not through any messengers. God literally made miracles for us to personally take us out of the land of Egypt. When we look at the first commandment of the Torah, it says, I am Hashem, your God, who took you out from the land of Egypt. Why is it saying took you out from the land of Egypt? Can it just say I'm Hashem, your God? No, because I am Hashem, your God is speaking about the fact that Hashem created the world, but who took you out from the lands of Egypt is speaking to the fact that Hashem's intimately involved in our lives as Jews. And that's why we always mention, you see, it's Mitzrayim. We always mention the fact that God took us out of Egypt in, in regular Kiddush on a Friday night. You know, why are we speaking about Egypt? That's why. We're talking about a certain type of faith because there is an obligation to strengthen and clarify our amuna on an intellectual level. And there could be a lot of contemplating and theorizing and logical discussions, intellectual discussions that can happen here. But that's not what we're doing on the Seder night. The Haggadah says, this is the bread of affliction that our forefathers ate in the lands of Egypt. Anyone who is famished, let him come and eat. Anyone who is needy, let him come and partake of the Pesach offering. This year we are here. Next year we shall be in the lands of Israel. So the Nesivo Shalom brings down that the bread of affliction, matzah, represents simplicity. And more than that, it represents simple faith. So even if we just look at the word matzah versus chametz, which, you know, chametz is all the bread and bread products that we get rid of before Passover. So chametz is ches mem sadik, matzah is mem sadik hay. The only difference between the two words is the ches and the hay. And if you think about these two letters, the difference between them is the space in the hay, whereas the the ches has no space. So the difference between chametz and matzah is matzah leaves room for God, has a space for God, whereas chametz is so filled with itself, so filled with its own ego and air that there's no room for God. It's an amazing thing. Chametz is the is at its very root evil, but it's also the ego. And this was Mitzrayim. I mean, this was the environment that the Jews were in as slaves for hundreds of years. They were in an environment that not only didn't acknowledge Hashem, completely denied Hashem, was filled with hedonism and idolatry. And we even have Paro saying, who is Hashem that I should listen to him? I mean, the ultimate ego and just, uh, you know, not recognizing of God, even though he was so clearly there through the plagues and, and his hand was so obvious and yet Paro wouldn't see him because he was so clouded up by his own ego. So the matzah represents simplicity and it represents simple faith. It's just flour and water. It's, it's not air. It's not all these other added in- ingredients like chametz is. So the Haggadah is signaling that the main way to acri- acquire true and strong faith is through emuna peshuta, simple faith as symbolized by the matzah. And it even says, this is the bread of affliction, meaning this is the matzah that our forefathers ate in the lands of Egypt, meaning Our forefathers, when they were in Egypt, they had simple faith. They were eating the matzah, meaning they had simple faith. And it was this faith that actually merited our redemption because Chazal tell us that the Jewish people were redeemed from Egypt only in the merit of their faith, which is unbelievable. And then the Haggadah goes on to say, anyone who's hungry, come and eat. Meaning those who are famished spiritually, those who desire to draw close to Hashem, come and eat of the matzah, come and grow and develop your emuna peshuta, your simple faith in God. And we do that through eating the matzah. This year we are here. Next year we shall be in the land of Israel, meaning 
Amuna Pashuta, simple faith, plays a key role in our lives now, here and now, and in the future. And when it will enable us to get to the land of Israel because just like our forefathers merited redemption from Egypt through simple faith, so too, God willing, we are going to be redeemed from this exile in the merit of our faith. I love the Nesib Sham because he really makes everything so relatable to this generation. He points out many people, probably most people, <laughs> including myself, can feel frustrated that our Amuna is not where we want it to be. And we can begin to despair, oh, we're on such a low level. But he says, do not despair. He, he gives a good practical tip. He says, part of the obligation of Amuna is to believe that we really are believers, like to tell ourselves that. Because so much of who we are and our actions are dictated by how we think of ourselves. This is an idea I actually recently heard from Rabbi Goldberg, who I think it's from Tony Robbins, that for instance, if someone wants to become somebody who exercises and runs, he has to tell himself, I am a runner. Because somebody who tells themselves they are a runner is much more likely to run. So we have to tell ourselves we are believers. I really encourage you to check out Rabbi David Ashir. He has a series called the Living Amuna series. It's a series of books. And then he also has a WhatsApp group, um, daily audio, like 10 minute classes that you can subscribe to. And he tells such amazing true stories of people who, through their Amuna, through their faith in God, that he's going to help them. God helps them in the most unbelievable, miraculous ways that we would never expect. And, you know, thank God I've seen this in my own life as well. When we real, when we have real Amunah and Hashem, amazing things can happen. So to sum up, on Pesach, and especially the Seder nights, we're able to really renew and strengthen our Amunah more so than any other time of year. And just through the act of being at the Seder and and telling the story of being taken out of Egypt, we can create a depth of Amuna that we a wellspring that we can draw on literally the whole rest of the year, no matter what challenges we're facing. It's really amazing. And again, we're trying to strengthen our simple faith in Hashem's existence, in his divine providence, and his selecting of the Jewish people as his chosen nation. And this is what makes it such a joyous and beautiful holiday, knowing that God's with us and he loves us. So I I think I've mentioned this before, but before Pesach, I like to make two lists, Um, a list of everything that I would like, you know, a list of requests of prayers, because Nisan is really a time of, of rachamim, of mercy, when God took us out, even though we didn't deserve it. And so we want to take advantage of this. And another list I make is all the things I want to break free from, all of my personal Mitzrayims, my personal Egypt, the things that are holding me back from being my best self. And so I like to read these two lists out loud on Seder nights while we're eating the matzah or right after I've eaten the matzah. So I encourage you to do that as well. And I hope that you have a beautiful and joyous and kosher Pesach. And I look forward to learning with you after. Thank you so much for listening. If you like the podcast, please subscribe, give us a rating, a review, and of course, share with your family and friends. Be blessed.